0: First scripture lesson, first, this our first scripture lesson this morning comes from 1 John, chapter 5, and we begin reading at verse 1. First, uh, 1 John, chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. First, let's bow our heads. Gracious Lord, we thank you for these words that we're about to read. We thank you that they have spoken to your people throughout the generations. We ask, O Lord, that as we hear And as we meditate, so we might hear your voice. Speak, Lord. We are your servants, and we are listening. Amen. 1 John chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not with water only But with water and the blood And the spirit is the one that testifies For the spirit is the truth The word of the Lord Thanks be to God And then John's Gospel, chapter 15 Beginning at verse 9 Jesus said, as the Father has loved me So have I loved you Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this and to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last So that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I. I've never been a big sports fan. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) So many of you ask me, what team do you follow? What team do you support? Well, I don't really follow or support any, so I apologise for that. I've I've always preferred music and and games and and books and geeky things (laughs) to sports. Um, We do watch the Olympics when they're on. Well, not the whole thing. There's far too much to watch, but we'll watch it here and there. It's fun... To see the best sports uh, uh, contenders, the best athletes in the world compete with one another. We do watch uh, some of the Super Bowl because it's a it's a cultural phenomenon and it's something you're supposed to do, isn't it? Plus it's a great excuse to eat wings and drink beer. Did I, <laughs> did I, did I mention that I like food? <laughs> I don't know if uh, part of this lack of interest in sports goes back to to when I was a wee boy in Scotland. I've always been just a wee bit on the overweight side, Um, and and I've never had the best balance or coordination. That's why when I'm up here, I'm holding on, (laughs) it's fine. Uh, Even when I was learning to play the bagpipes, and all of you know that I, I, I play the bagpipes, it took me the longest time to get coordinated. I got to the place where I could play the pipes, but then I had to start marching. And that was a task to learn. And it's kind of important when you're playing the bagpipes and you're in a marching band. Well, when we did gym at school, one of the things that often happened, and I'm sure it still happens today, invariably the gym teacher would choose two of the fittest and sportiest boys in the class and tell them, you, you, pick your teams yes does that still happen i wasn't always picked last there was one boy who was worse than me and it's so destroying when you see everyone else getting chosen first by the teacher then by the popular boys and you're not even the consolation prize rather rather than fighting over Who's going to get you? They're fighting over who's not going to get you. I hated that. I remember also when I was, when I was a wee boy, there was a, there was a woman who used to come on a Friday night to work with my mum. Um, she would always come a little after dinner time, and, and most of the time she would bring her son with her. Let's call him David. That was his name. <laughs> And I don't mind landing him in this. (laughs) He was about two or three years older than me. And when he came, I absolutely loved it. Because David would play with me. And I, 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 I always felt included. We always played together. And I felt so important. Because I got to play with one of the big boys. It felt great. Well one evening he came with his mum, as normal, and I ran off to go and play with him. And on this particular night, I don't know what was going on, but on this particular night he stood and he looked down at me and I said, I had said to him, let's play David. Why would I want to play with you? You're just a wee boy. Oh my goodness, my heart was broken rejection at one time I had believed that that he and I were friends and all of a sudden he didn't want to play with me because I was just a wee boy he didn't want to have anything to do with me because there's something that I had no power or no control over whatsoever I in that moment was rejected because of who I was and because of what I was. Rejection's a terrible thing. I don't know how many of you have experienced rejection at different times in your lives. I'm sure many of you have. I don't know how many of you have been the ones who have done the rejecting. I'm sure we've all been guilty of that at one time or another. It hurts to be rejected. It hurts even more to be rejected for something that you can do nothing about. There's one verse in this passage that every time I read it, I couldn't help but but pause at it. It's a verse that Calvinists love and Arminians are not too sure what to do with it. John, chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me. I chose you. For a wee boy who feels left out and let down by someone whom he thought was his friend, Jesus' words come to him, I choose you. For a wee girl who's left standing on the line at the sports field because no one wants to pick her for their team, I choose you. For the besotted teenage boy who's poured out his heart to the girl of his dreams only to be placed firmly in the friend zone, (laughs) I choose you. For the wee boy whose mum and dad are divorced who's sitting waiting for his dad to come and take him to the park and he doesn't show up. And this happens weekend after weekend after weekend. I choose you. (coughs) For the teenage girl who gave her body to the boy that she thought loved her, only to see him with another girl. The very next day, I choose you. For the devoted husband who finds out his wife has been having an affair with her fitness instructor, I choose you. For the mother whose son wants nothing more to do with her because he believes she's ruining and controlling his truly out of control life. I choose you. I choose you, says Jesus. But friends, it gets better than that. Going back just a few verses, you find these words. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. As the Father has loved me, So have I loved you. He's not only chosen us, but he loves us. I wonder how many of you need to hear that today. Hmm? How many of you need to hear that you're loved? Probably more of you than would care to admit it. How many of you wish that your husband or your wife could speak those words to you? How many of you are afraid to admit that you haven't spoken to those words for your husband or wife in such a long time and wonder if the words are still true? How many of you want to hear it from your children? How many of you need to say it to your children? How many of you feel so rejected and utterly unlovable because there's so many things that have happened to you in your life by the number of rejections that have happened to you again and again and again that you believe yourself to be utterly unlovable as the father loves me so have I loved you Jesus words to you whatever else you might believe about yourself. Whatever someone else might have told you about how unlovable you are to them, this word cuts directly through all of that lies and hits straight into your heart. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And I could go on saying it again and again and again until you actually believe it. Many of you know the words to to this old hymn, O love, that wilt not let me go. But I wonder if you know the story behind the hymn. At age 20, George Matheson was engaged to be married. But he began to go blind. When he broke the news to his fiancée, she decided that she couldn't go through her life with a blind husband. So she left him. Before he lost his sight, he'd already written two books of theology, and and some feel that if he had retained his sight, he could have been one of the greatest leaders in the Church of Scotland in his day. A special providence was that, that George's sister offered to care for him, and with her help, George left the world of academia for pastoral ministry and wound up preaching to close to 1,500 people every week, a blind man. The day came, however, in 1882 when George was 40, when his sister fell in love and she prepared for marriage herself. The evening before the wedding, George's whole family had left to get ready for the next day's celebration. He was alone and he was facing the the prospect of living the rest of his life without the one person who had consistently come through for him. On top of this, he was doubtless reflecting on his own aborted wedding 20 years earlier it's not hard to imagine the fresh waves of grief that were rolling over him that very night in the darkness of that moment George Matheson wrote this hymn he remarked afterwards that it took him five minutes and it was the only hymn that he ever wrote that required no editing O love that wilt not let me go I rest my weary soul in thee I give thee back the life I owe That in thine ocean depths Its flow may richer, fuller be O light that followest all my way I yield my flickering torch to thee My heart restores its borrowed ray That in thy sunshine's blaze Its day may brighter, fairer be O joy that seekest me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not vain, that morn shall tearless be. O cross, O cross that liftest up my head, I dare not ask to fly from thee. I lay in dust life's glory dead. And from the ground that blossoms red life that shall endless be. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.